on front page with me is veteran journalist Anne Edwards. Good morning, Anne. Hi, good morning, Shaz. How are you? I'm good. Now, taking a look at this big headline, 1MDB trial may be nullified if Dato Sri Gopal Sri Ram is disqualified from leading the prosecution team. Uh, this is big news. Um, why would this case be nullified if he gets disqualified? And why would he be disqualified? Looking at the technicalities of the case as well, uh, the fact that, you know, it goes, I think, not in accordance to the procedures of the Criminal Procedure Code, the appointment of Datu Sri Gopal Sri Ram. Hence, uh, there may be a possibility that he can be disqualified. And because of this, the entire trial... One MDB trial will be nullified. That is actually based on technicalities. Right. Yeah. And that means um, that he cannot be tried later for the same case? Um, that is not quite certain at this moment, but the consequences would be either a retrial or an acquittal. Okay. Yeah. With that effect, if he is actually off or disqualified, then as we all know, the case can be uh, nullified. I mean, the mm. trial can be nullified. So because it, it will be based on technicalities. And that technicality is in is in fact the fact that uh, Dr. Sri Gopal Sri Ram is um, his appointment is uh, not in accordance to the CPC or Criminal Procedure Code. And uh, that would come under Section 376 of the Criminal Procedure Code, which in particular deals with the appointment of DPP as a public servant. Right. Mm. Okay. So um, I know this seems like a silly question, yes. but did they not go through the various uh, checklists before mm. they appointed mm. um, Dr. Skopal? Yeah, it's, first of all, it's not a stupid question, you know, because it did come into my mind. I mean, being such a high profile case as yeah. well. I mean, all the loopholes needs to be covered. So I don't know. It seems that this was overlooked, otherwise it wouldn't have happened and his appointment. So uh, Tommy Thomas, uh, he has taken a recluse, you know, so uh, so he's recused himself from the case. And uh, Dato Sri Gopal Sri Ram has come on board and now this issue. So I'm, I, I, I really can't see the light at the end of the tunnel for this. Mm-hmm. Um, because if, as we all know, the appointment of, um, like say, a private practitioner, as in uh, Dr. Sri Gopal Sri Ram, as DPP, should not be allowed by law merely under Section 376 without linking it to Sections 377 and 379. So these are all in the law. Mm. And it should have been looked into before that appointment was made. Indeed. Mm. Well, this is definitely something we are keeping an eye on. Of course. Yeah. And uh, coming up, the budget for breakfast Ah. for school kids. Apparently, there is a budget. And uh, the question is, why are so many people so many people against it? That's uh, something we're going to discuss next here on Light. Sure. On front page with me this morning is veteran journalist Anne Edwards. And it looks like primary school children from January 1st onwards will have free breakfast. The government has a budget for the free breakfast program, according to, to Dr. Madhir Muhammad. Of course, uh, Dr. Wika Siong <laughs> said that, you know, it's going to cost uh, the government 1.6 billion ringgit. So Definitely, yes. a lot of people are against it, surprisingly. Mm. Why? Because um, I, I think um, two reasons, perhaps, you know, uh, sort of like uh, really basic reasons. Not all pupils will need breakfast or mm. and, and this may actually waste resources and government allocation. That is one of the points 
brought up. And of course, uh, students and parents should be given the option uh, to opt out if they feel that they do not need mm-hmm. the breakfast. Yeah. You know? And uh, also, you know, <laughs> some people are just choosy. Like, yes. You give them free breakfast, they look at it and, you know, snub their noses at <laughs> yes, it. Yes, yes. Uh, okay. Well, I know that there was another program that has mm-hmm. been going on since I think the 70s, the RMT. Rancangan Makanan Tambahan. Yeah. Yes. So is this new program necessary since there's already another one in place? Exactly. RMT or Rancangan Makanan Tambahan has been introduced in the, uh, since the 1970s to be exact in 1979 under the Barisan National Administration. And here, uh, about two ringgit fifty cent per day were uh, is provided for a hundred and ninety days for students all over. But uh, I think it only covers like about approximately four hundred and ninety thousand students, as compared to the breakfast that the present government is proposing, which is for two point seven million students. Uh, but I'm looking at RMT as not something which is quite significant, and I. Th- I think um, most people would question the RMT as well as compared to this mm. breakfast, which they reckon would be more healthy. But right. as we uh, both mentioned just now, you know, we're not sure whether people would actually like really appreciate the breakfast or the mm. healthy uh, breakfast that they will be receiving from this uh, breakfast plan that the present government has for the students these days. Yeah, mm. you, you personally, would you take a free breakfast if it was offered to you? I really enjoyed and adored the free uh, milk that they used to give, you know, those that came in packets and mm-hmm. even the, the ones that came came and with with Milo trucks but of course those were sponsored but you know I appreciated anything like you know because I I was in boarding school and we mm. appreciated any freebies at that time yes. you know and uh, I wouldn't think that if the government you know gave anything to students it would be something which is less healthy so I think that as we you you want to give um, breakfast to students. You also need to educate them, you know, on the the Good health. Yes, yeah. yeah, the health value that they're going to get from mm. the breakfast that they're receiving. Otherwise, they wouldn't appreciate it. I mean, yeah. An yeah. interesting conversation I had with a friend was like, not everyone has breakfast, even if they can afford it. A exactly. because of time constraints yes. and the yes. hectic pace of the morning. Um, exactly. And B, some kids, some adults even just can't stomach breakfast so early in the mm. morning. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, these are yeah. various things, and an implementation is another issue, I suppose. Yes, and awareness and all that. Yeah, so it's it's a whole plan, it's a whole campaign that they should look at rather than just throwing out, uh, you know, a couple of food packs in the morning. Mm, yeah. All right. Mm. Well, coming up, uh, Pakatan isn't listening to the people, says Bursatu Man. That's the headline we'll be discussing next here on Light. On front page with me this morning, Anne Edwards, veteran journalist and also founder of Anne Edwards and Company, a media company. And it looks like Pakatan Harpan has stopped listening to the people. This is according to Bursatu member Dr. Rais Hussein Muhammad Arif, who also warned that should an election be held now, the PAC would lose it. Of course, uh, if you looked at the news this morning, um, Tun wasn't very happy with his remarks. Um, uh, But uh, the question is, is this really the case? It's kind of a fleeting statement because I think more needs, uh, more meat needs to go into it. Like, you know, uh, when you say that uh, uh, the government or Pakatan is not listening to the people, what is Pakatan not listening to? 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, give a list of that and um, provide some numbers or statistics or some kind of research, right? I mean, um, anything less than that would be a fleeting statement. So, hence, we can understand why the Prime Minister is pretty upset mm-hmm. about what he said. But and if you look at social media, there are a lot of grouses mm. from uh, you know I'm sure. <laughs> people I'm sure. from Malaysians yes, yes. Uh, about um, you know Pakatan and uh, the government not listening mm-hmm. to what the people want, mm. uh, bread and butter issues, for example. Well, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that has always been the case, and uh, I think after um, Pakatan took over uh, the government after the elections, um, a lot more has uh, come out, and uh, these days you see a lot of negativity being said about the Pakatan government. Mm -hmm. So, Mm. the grouses remain and it is growing. Hence, we are also listening to uh, speculation that there may be a, well, maybe minor cabinet reshuffle Mm. in the coming days. In Mm. the coming days. Well, Mm. that's something we're definitely keeping a close watch on. (laughs) uh, Including um, flying cars. That's something we want to keep a close eye Mm. on. Uh, Malaysia stands by its view on this project. We'll be looking at that headline next here on Light. Great. On front page with me this morning, Anne Edwards, veteran journalist and founder of the N Edwards and Company Media Company. And um, it looks like Malaysia is standing by its views on the flying car project, even though it's been criticized by various parties, including most recently by the United Nations Special Rapporteur, Professor Philip Alston. Um, Entrepreneur Development Minister Datuk Sri Muhammad Rizwan said, we are open to any opinion to develop the project, but it, it, it'll go on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Would flying cars be practical in Malaysia? And your well, thoughts? <laughs> well, the UN rep did say that, you know, it's not really ideal for Malaysia because we have frequent storms and it also will consume too much uh, fossil fuels. So those were the reasons given. But if we look at it, I, I don't know, you know, I mean, it may solve uh, the traffic problems, of yeah. course, because it's flying all Personally, over. I feel that, you know, we can't even get our act together driving um, um, politely on the road and yes. parking nicely on, yes, on yeah. you know, in designated good parking. Good point, yeah. How are yeah. we going to deal with flying cars? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah but yeah. besides those logistical issues, I mean, can the government, can we afford it? And are we ready for this? Exactly. You know, first, like you said, you know, the way we drive as well, which is uh, indespicable <laughs> most <laughs> of the time. We have really horrible and rude and discourteous drivers out there mm-hmm. who still do not even give a signal when they are switching lanes, you know, little things like that. And um, I, I don't think we are ready, if you ask me. Okay. Um, it's a mindset change, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes. It's, it's, it's a whole mindset change and you need, need to take into account how much it costs, mm-hmm. You know, we are still dealing with bread and butter issues. And do we really need a flying car? You yeah. know, maybe we need more eco-friendly cars because we need to take care of, you know, like things like uh, climate change and, you know, those kind of issues. Like, you know, recently in the Amazon as well, you know, where it was on fire, but nobody was really concerned about it. So, you know, are we concerned about issues which are more Urgent, yeah, yeah, of us, yeah of, our health and yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, rather than this. Okay. You know, uh. Personally, I feel that it's far out. <laughs> I know that the future is now, but flying cars, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, it reminds me of those cartoons we used to watch, right? Yeah, the Jetsons. Jetsons. Oh, I love to, you know. <laughs> I said, what kind of we have flying cars? Would you cars? buy a flying car if it was made available uh, for purchase here? Yeah. You would? <laughs> yes, you would. 
Okay, all right. Because I'm crazy that way. All right. Well, coming up, um, Zuraida has no issue with UN report on uh, poverty. We'll be taking a look at that headline next here on Light. Okay. On front page with me this morning, veteran journalist Anne Edwards. And it looks like Housing and Local Government Minister Zuraida Kamarudin said a United Nations report prepared by UN Special Rapporteur on Extreme Poverty and Human Rights, um, Philip Elston, said um, it could be a yardstick to help her ministry formulate programs for the poor. She said if the poverty rate was indeed higher, as stated in the report, her ministry must work harder. And that seems like a reasonable, um, very positive. A, yeah, very positive yeah. thing for her to come back with mm. how do you define poverty well um there are various ways of actually defining poverty it has many phases many morphs as time goes by I mean, we usually link poverty with uh, not having enough money yashas uh, especially to buy our daily needs like food clothing shelter and all that but i think it's more than that it's actually about hunger being sick and unable to go to the doctors not having access to school to education not knowing how mm. to read and not even having a job so yeah. that i think is mm-hmm. definitely part of poverty these days right mm. and how is the government as opposed to the un how are they determining the the poverty numbers mm. as stipulated a in the un report and b you know we've got our own poverty mm. standard right here yes. in the country and yes, i believe yes. like anyone who's earning under 900 ringgit that's mm considered poverty. Yeah, like uh, 980 per month for Mm. four people in the family. You're looking at eight ringgit per day per person. Wow. I mean, would you be able to live on that? Like every day, that is definitely hardcore poverty. And uh, I'm not quite sure how we actually measure poverty in this country. Mm. But I mean, we have our own statistics and all that. But uh, Mr. Alston was looking and base, uh, he's he's actually looking at the Canberra Group Handbook on Household Income Statistics. And this is published by the UN. So it is credible. Right. So we should definitely give more attention to what he's saying here. 15% poverty in Malaysia as compared to 0.4% as we claim Mm -hmm. and as what our Minister of Economic Affairs also is claiming. And I think Prime Minister Dr. Mahade also mentioned yesterday that, uh, you know, um, it may not be quite accurate what Alston is saying, but I'm looking at more attention needs to be given to these figures since it's coming from uh, a credible source. So I think Zoraida is picking it up very well in the sense that she's looking at this as something that we need to really look into mm-hmm. and need to, to do. address yeah, yes, for the people. Yeah, it's, I'm surprised that uh, not more ministers are responding to mm. this particular issue. Would anyone like want to respond to anything negative? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it takes a bigger person to actually ass- you know, look into this, to take it as, you know, uh, something that they need to attend to. Well, thank you, Anne, for uh-huh. joining us this morning to look at Pleasure. these headlines. And uh, I hope you have a great long weekend. It's uh, Merdeka tomorrow. Thank you. Yes.